1: Just go to cars.com.
0: It's magical.
2: Hey guys, welcome to Mavs Moneyballs Group Therapy. Usually wait for a few more folks to join the room, but number one, I said I wasn't going to have one tonight. Number two, I figured I would kick off the podcast with a little bit of a story, but before I get to that story... The Dallas Mavericks lost to the Utah Jazz on the road, minus Luka Doncic. The Mavericks are still winless this season when Luka Doncic doesn't play. Puts them squarely at eighth in the West. There's some weird stuff in the future for the Mavericks if they uh, were to happen to slide at all. Um, As uh, my, my buddy Dalton Trigg shared about 20 minutes ago, the Mavericks schedule up ahead is a little bit frightening. But before we jump into a little bit of the game, I just, I gotta, I gotta tell you guys this. I gotta share this. I must share my pain because it's group therapy. Um, When I was talking to you guys on Thursday night, I was telling you how I was going to go out of town. Well, where I was going to go was, was going to drive from Dallas to Kansas City on Friday night. My brother had called me previous Sunday. My brother is 45. My brother is CFO of a very large company. He does very well from himself. He is a smart guy, family man, two kids, on top of everything. Love him to pieces. But when it comes to, like, me and my, my family, sometimes he, he's, he forgets about – he's always, like, nicer to, to everybody else first sometimes. He, he doesn't do it on purpose, but, you know, that's how it can be with family sometimes. Well, he calls me last Sunday, and he says, Let's go- I'm going to Kansas City next weekend to see Mom and Dad. I want you to come with me. So, okay. So we're talking throughout the week. I decide I'm going to go. I tell him that, Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drive up. He says, okay. And I'm telling this yesterday. So Friday. And I said, okay, where are you staying? I'm going to meet you there. He sends me a hotel and I say at about four o'clock, I say, okay, well send me your flight information when you can let's, let's get on that. And I don't hear anything from him. I start. Uh, I get out on the road, though, we have this confirmed. We've talked about it. Get on the road. I'm, I get to Oklahoma, and I forget that I don't have cell service in Oklahoma because of my hilarious uh, cell service carrier. So by 8 o'clock, I'm, I'm in the middle of Oklahoma. I pull into a gas station. I have Wi-Fi there, and I text him. And I'm like, hey, you still haven't sent me your flight information. I can come get you from the airport. Or are you? He responds back, Kirk, it's next weekend. And I show him the text messages not and the phone call, and I basically start like yelling at him through text because he had told me next weekend on Sunday, that would imply the weekend we are in right now. I swear I'm not a moron. Anyways, uh, I ended up driving back last night. Nice little road trip. Got to listen to some podcasts, but here we are. I'm talking to you guys tonight. Dallas Mavericks held off the Utah Jazz. Um, (laughs) Corey says, oh no. Uh, And shout out to Marcellus saying, hi, I, I love you, but it's the Royal Rumble. I used to be a big WWE head, and I always forget that, big time pay-per-view weekends have stretched over two days. Um I man, the Royal Rumble got to love it. Um you know, the Mavericks just didn't have the juice to hold off the Jazz. This one felt obvious. This isn't one really to get mad at. The Jazz have one of the best offenses in basketball that ever. Dallas Mavericks have one of the worst defenses. If we have any big time thoughts, let's uh let's bring it up here otherwise we can leave this to be a relatively short show and get on with our evening. Coming up first then, is my man Brett Stover. What's going on, Brett? What are you thinking?
3: Hey, Kirk. Yeah, so I'd agree. I mean, I, I the result of this game is not frustrating. The result of any of the games they play without Luka won't be frustrating because, like, I don't expect to win in any of them, so, I, so I'm so i not going to, like, regardless of how, of how bad it looks, like, I'm not going to get mad. But in this game, after, like, I don't have many comments about the, what actually happened in the game, but there was one something that Harp said on the broadcast it really stood out to me, and it was after. Um, at, at one point, uh, Josh went up to like to set a screen, and then he slipped it, and then he got past the ball. And then at that point, um, Harp said, "I don't know who drew, drew that up. I guess Jay Kid did." And that was a very revealing. Concept.
2: Go expound. Keep going with this because I I, I don't want to sully this moment that you're you're lining up for us. Keep going. Well.
3: Hard nosed ball. Yep. Like sometimes he doesn't. No, he yeah, because, but like, but he knows. But like, he, but he is knows, not a stupid
2: like, basketball player. Or basketball mind.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like like he he and and he's obviously like knows like anyone who's around the team to to the extent that, that a broadcast like him is knows mm-hmm. things that go on behind the scenes that we fans don't. Um. And so he like, and and I feel like when when he said when he said the first part of that sentence, like he was genuinely like wow, that's an interesting set. I have never seen them run that before, which is also what I thought. And that's what I think every time in any game where they run something that isn't like a variation on a pick and roll. Yeah,
2: because it wasn't drawn up. He just did it, right? Like, that's what you're getting at. Yeah,
3: like, if it, yes, it, is that it's, it, like, I, I'm, I would be very shocked if they, like, called that, especially especially given the players, that it was like Powell and Green. Like, that's <laughs> not something, that it, it doesn't even make, I mean, it does make sense because it's a good play. But, like, it's not something you expect us to, to see, yep. but, and then, but then because obviously you like you work he were, works for the team. Essentially. Like that's what,
2: yeah, he, ha- he can't be, are. it is not his role to be hypercritical to be critical. always when he does get critical, it's very veiled. And that's what you're right. That was a funny one.
3: Yeah. And, and so, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say like, with the exception of like, I mean, like if you cut, if you're like the Lakers or whatever, like, No team broadcaster is going to be critical. And so that's why he follows it up with, well, I guess Jake Kidd must have.
2: I love it. A lot.
3: But uh, let me ask you
2: this, because Josh Green was about the only thing there's, you know, a lot of Josh Green was one takeaway from from me. Obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie did everything he could to keep Dallas in that game. But then that was like kind of thing two. And then thing three was how ridiculous that it was that Hardy didn't play any minutes. My Josh Green thoughts were very... I appreciate I need him to keep shooting. Like twelve shots, thirty-eight minutes. I'll take that. I want more shooting from Josh Green. What I will say is is, and I talked about this with Josh Bo. I mean, one thing that is very clear to me is that Josh Green, when he drives, it is very clear what he's going to do from the moment he takes the dribble. He's driving to pass a lot. And I just I want to see him attack the rim. Is is that
3: is that a silly criticism? No, I mean I don't think so. I mean I think that's like the next development of his game as a playmaker because obviously he he can pass. He's uh-huh. a creative and good passer. But but if but at this point the defense is going to play him to for the pass because that's that's what he wants to do. Like he's he's looking pass first in all of the situations, even on, and then so like that's what he's worked out of his game on yeah. the threes. Like he's he's ready to shoot on threes. He's looking for his shot behind the arc. But with, but other than in transition, he's not looking for his shot inside the arc. Which article. I
2: hate because I would re- – like,
3: he – one of his strengths is his
2: ability – like, it's sort of a natural thing. I doubt he under, even understands that this is happening. But he absorbs contact in a way that does not throw his balance off. Like, the one on the fast break where he got fouled by two guys, it, it, he didn't even bump him really. And that's like – that's pretty impressive in a thing that – that I think is is a real strength of his. You know, obviously his strength is a strength. That's idiotic. Sorry about that. But I, I just I want to see him do some of that. And I think you know, it, it. I obviously his true shooting percentage is not in his head. But sometimes I feel like he's avoiding things because he doesn't. He he's worried about the shot quality. And you know, obviously he makes the right play to Tim to the corner a number of times. Who just couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. And Josh tends to make the right play. I just think in a game like this where I don't know, I never felt like the Mavericks had a chance. I would just, I I sort of want to see some more gunning.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I mean, I I think that part of it is that Josh, until like very recently, has not been as important to the team as as he is. And I don't think, and like he probably doesn't even get how important he is to the team right now. Yeah, and and that, and that he really is the secondary creator, especially with like with Luca out, he is the second. Like he's not the second option. He's not the second like player they want to shoot the ball. But he is going to get like a lot of touches. Yep. He probably and he should get the second most touches on the team with Luca out, and with and with Wood out. And and I, I don't think he, that that like they realize that he realizes that he needs to expand that part of his game sure. because he, he wants to like make he wants to, like make the right play as if he's the fifth best player out on the floor, as if he's just like moving the ball to the next open shooter. But like. Sometimes
2: he is just one on one with with somebody. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I would, I don't know. It, compared to some of the other weird shots, where it's just I, I, at, at a game like this, I'm not going to be any more frustrated with a wild Josh Green attempt than I am a Frank Milikina attempt. It's like some of the shots like that Spencer made tonight were hilarious. It just, it, it's like if Spencer shoots slightly worse, this game is never remotely
3: close. So it's it. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like if Spencer doesn't play like Steph yeah. Curry in this, like it's like a I mean he's
2: almost. up to forty one percent three point shooting
3: for the season. I mean Unlike I'm unlike I'm relatively I mean some he gets some occasional like you know good like he gets his, his share of of like corner looks from Luca. Right. But he also like a lot of them are those pretty like terrible
2: Right, where it's just like what it's it's any coach is screaming, but it's just Credit credit to him because we've got a big enough sample now where I I you know none of us who are even sassy about this stuff can re, can really do it or can really uh, argue the fact that it's anything it, it's it's real. There's just a big enough volume. So you got anything else for us tonight? The, the
3: last thing is is kind of uh, a thing about green, and and the late in I don't know at one point in the game they were running this repeatedly, but they were having green set screens for. Dinwiddie and it was working very well because Green mm. obviously a good passer out of, out of the short roll. I mean, and that's the stuff that you that I would I want to see more with when Luca's back. Sure. As
2: well. There's a lot uh, the the Josh Green Luca two man lineup minutes are really good, and he needs to be the screener way more often, way more often. Yeah,
3: yeah, and and, and so I, I think, that, but but then they they and then they com- completely went away from it, and I I like that they stayed small for the most part in the fourth, even when Kessler was back on the floor. Um, and the only reason they ha- continue to have success is because, you know, b- you know, before the universe ends, the jazz will always be able to be defeated by putting five smalls on the floor. I still like,
2: like Kessler though, man. Like
3: oh, he's good woo! for a rookie. Yeah. But, but, but I was surprised that like green's value is not him being in the corner yeah, to keep Kessler away from the paint. Yes, middle oh, of the floor you, action. You want Kessler in the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was like he's like Kessler's not Gobert. You don't want him. You don't need him as far. You don't want him as far away from the action as possible. You want him in the action, just not in the paint. Sure. And so that was frustrating. That like for the last three or four minutes of the game, and part of that is that Spencer was gassed. Yep. And so they couldn't they couldn't he couldn't get downhill at all. But like I just wanted to see just for the sake of. See what more you can get from Green in those situations where he's in the middle of the floor, you know, four on three, making those reads.
2: I agree. Brett, thank you so much for kicking us off. All right, coming up next, we got Iwan. What's up, my guy? A little after midnight, your time. Thanks for staying up late with us on a terrible hey, game. What's up, man?
1: <laughs> yeah, Before I throw about on this game, did you see the um the LeBron and Pat Bev ending at that Celtics? That was just so comical to me. It was just...
2: I, who uh, it was a guy I follow on Twitter, uh, uh, by, uh unbiased, what what the heck's his name? Um, I'm gonna go look for it because his tweet made me laugh out loud. Um,
1: yeah, uh, Pat Babb over the camera to show the ref, like, look, this is <laughs> so at funny.
2: biased slightly oh, retweeted the video of LeBron losing his mind, and he says, This is some theater kid energy, and I. Started oh, laughing was, out loud on my couch. I mean, what LeBron did, and he's understandably mad. I get it, but like, isn't that not a technical? Like throwing that sort of fit after a non-call, <laughs> isn't that a technical? Oh man, great content. NBA is insane. Yeah.
1: Gotta love it. Yeah, today was good. Today was good. NBA um, theater. Did you watch the thinking. Sixers game at all? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was, I was. Yeah, and, and B was pissed. He's pissed. Good for I mean, him. I, I like I like that kind of mentality, you know what I'm need saying? A, need a little uh, more from
2: Jokic that game. Need a little more from Jokic. Kind of surprised on that one cuz he and Jokic really battle and Jokic just wasn't anywhere to be found at points in that game.
1: Yeah. But um yeah, but back to sure. this game. So before the game starts, I, you know, I see the notification oh, Josh Green is starting. Love it. So I'm thinking, hey, yeah, I'm like, "Wow, great, you know. He's finally pulling Tim Hardaway from the star lineup." And I look and it's Reggie Bullock. And I'm like, if you're going with Josh Green for, say, energy and defense, keep Bullock in the lineup and pull Tim Hardaway, Jr. That that will definitely give you energy in the defensive lineup that you're kind of looking for. And it's like, throughout the whole game, it's like, you can tell early, Tim Hardaway is not going to be one of those games. He's missing a lot of open shots. Uh, on a fa- Tim Hardaway on a fast break, again, at least it happens at least once a game. Fast yeah. break Tim Hardaway is just... It's it's terrible to watch. I'd rather him to stop and do like a pull up three or pull up midi than trying to like make a decision while running a fast break. It's just oh man. It's
2: it's something. It's being a point guard is apparently underrated yeah. in today's basketball game. I I some of the you know, I was teasing yeah. um Bibbs. Because he commented on when Josh got fouled on the three-on-two, he's like, Spencer made the right basketball play. And I was like, well, it's just a three-on-two. And he's like, yeah, I know, but but still, like, it was the right play. And so it's like us being surprised at dudes making the basic play, it just sort of shows you the state of what we expect with these guys.
1: Right. And it's like, you know, I mean, I I give kid a little bit of, me personally, I think like Kidd is like, okay, he makes one, you know, one smart move. Like, okay, all right, we're going to put Josh Green to start starting lineup. And okay. then it's like, you want, you know, to see like a rolling ball of the other smart moves that happen with it. Like, okay, push Josh Green in the star lineup. I'm going to take Tim Hardaway out. Okay, Josh Green's in the start lineup, and Tim Hardaway's having a bad first two quarters, and we're down by 10, 15 points. Let me give the young boy Hardy some run. Cause you saw they, I don't know if you watched the game fully, but they trapped Spence a lot. It was pretty much giving him the of treatment, you know, so it's kind of like, like and they had a lot of possessions where Finney Smith tried to dribble, steal, Tim Hardaway. You can see it. And it's like he's not having no effect on the game offensive, clearly, and zero on the defensive end. So you might as well just give the young boy some, 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 some play. Hardy steps in, right? He comes in, and, like, the defender steps off of him on the three, and he just jabs him and just nothing but net, three-pointer. He plays for, like, three minutes, and then kids pulls him. I'm like... Let, let, him, let, let, him get, let him get a little feel of the game. Yep. You know, it, it, you, you have nothing to lose in this game. You have That's what I didn't lose. understand.
2: Like, there was a nothing-to-lose element. They, you know, for, for anybody looking at the box score tomorrow, you're going to think, oh, the Ma- the Mavericks fought valiantly and lost. They were getting their ass kicked for a huge chunk of this game. Spencer made it close by himself, and then the, the Jazz just sort of, like, waved, you know, that, that Lori Markin in three that effectively ended the game was a tough shot. So... I guess I understand why Kid really thought they had a chance to win, but I don't know it's a—it's just a lot of expended energy,
1: it, you know. And then he goes post game, and he said the guys are gassed. You mean, I mean, yeah? I mean, if you're gonna play like that short of a rotation right. with, with the small amount of people that we have left, of course they're gonna be gassed. You know, you can't like if you look at Jaden Hardy after halftime, he had his—he had—he didn't have his warm horn for the rest of the game because yeah. once the half started, off, he was in his uniform ready to like get in the game to try to make it a, you know, make some kind of impact. Like, give the kid, you know, give the kid a, a little bit of longer leash in a game that we potentially know that you're probably going to lose anyways, you know? And on a positive note, I mean, the second half, we played really, you know, pretty good on defense and, you know, the energy was better and there was a lot of possessions where we battled and, of course, just like when we play the Clippers, they get the extra rebound and then, then they, make, they make the next shot. There's a second chance opportunities that killed us in this game Yeah, and, like, you know some tough shot making. That's like Mikael Beasley hitting a three pointer with like a second left with three guys on him. He's like, you can't do nothing about that. You no, gotta-
2: no, they gave it their all, and it's just the difference between, um, it's the difference between the you know the the kind of offense that they're playing with Phoenix, who won an overtime against the uh, against the Spurs, which is you know taking the spurs to overtime feels impossible the spurs are not trying uh, and versus the the jazz which are just such a you know they're they're an offensively talented team they they really do move the ball well and then clarkson gets in there and punishes you in like very specific ways even though i thought the mavericks guarded him pretty well
1: yeah yeah they they, they guarded him pretty well and i got like i said on you know a few pause before it's like you know reggie has found a stroke Whatever, whatever it is, he, you know, he he's got it back. Mm-hmm. And it's like Reggie found it, and Tim has lost it. It's like these guys can't be synchronized for whatever it is. If it's Reggie starting, Tim yeah. can't shoot, or Tim starting, Reggie can't shoot. It's like these guys haven't been really synchronized the whole season. And I'm at the point where it's like, just get Tim Hardaway out, out of there because he's he's the value, the importance that he is to our team and to what he's given us on a nightly basis. It's it's like too much to stomach if you're gonna bet on that with us trying to do something down the line, you yeah. know, with, especially in the playoffs. And when you need him to be that other person, you know, Lucas gas or Lucas Spence's gas. And you need Tim just to make a shot, just to you know, do something. You can, he's real not real bad. You, you can't depend on him. I mean, the corner, do you, you remember the corner three that ricocheted
2: back to him? And then he shot it. Nine-
1: and he shot the second one <laughs> even worse. <laughs> and then
2: the, the camera, even harp commented on it where it's like the look on his face was like, what the fuck hands? Like just just looking at his own hands is incredible. And,
1: and what's funny about it is, like, kid took him out, and that's when we went on a nice little run and get it back down to like five six points. It's like he's not he's not affecting our team no. right now in any any positive way on both ends of the on both sides of the court. So it's like once you see it ain't going, you got to give him the towns treatment. Burtown's in there, he's not hitting the shots. You got to do the same thing with him. Yeah, you know, you, I agree. You have to.
2: I mean, I, then again, and, I don't know who else they play other than Hardy, which they should have played. They should have played him more.
1: anyway. Yeah. yeah, and the last stat is they showed a graphic on the TV saying that we've been out-rebounded in 40 games this season. Yep. The most, I mean, I know we don't have it, but it's like that's just those games are the games that kill us, the rebound. Well, it's
2: great. It's great because, you know, one of the things that will stick out for a very long time, for as long as JaVale McGee is on the team, is in the, uh, I remember I was walking my dog when I was listening to his comments from Nico Harrison talking about how they know that rebounding is a problem and they were gonna fix it. And their fix was a guy who sucks so bad that he cannot play. Just outstanding stuff. They're bidding against no one. They're bidding against the Bucks. Yeah. I don't care. You know, my 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 friend Nick Angstad over at Mavs uh at Locked on Mavs was like, How long are we gonna continue to do this? And the answer is for the rest of the time the McGee is here. It was that bad of a signing. It, it, somebody was looking at like the worst Dallas Mavericks signings and McGee at this point is in the top five and in, in 40 years it's really amazing
1: yeah all right man thank you hopefully you right. get a double. Talk next friend. all right
2: coming up next Mike Clark what's up my guy give Mike a second Oh, yeah, this LeBron. What's stuff. going on, Kirk? How you doing? I'm laughing at the Lakers. Uh, that's the that's the joy I'm taking tonight. How are you?
4: I'm good. Yeah, that's hilarious. But <laughs> anyway, almost as, you know, when your team's down bad, sometimes it's, you just got to stay in misery as company. Yep. Because I, I thought Josh told me he's good in the West. But, anyways, that's another story. Uh, like the main thing that's really like frustrating is you notice that the way this team can run offense, even when Luca is not on the floor, they still generate the most wide open threes you'll you'll see. So, and these dudes could actually hit. Their shot. The Jazz are yeah,
2: also really bad at defense. Really bad at defense. So there is it's a little column A, a little column B, because I, I I do agree it's like you run a Spain pick and roll and all this stuff at the top of the key spread pick and roll with whoever is up there. If you're spreading the floor like this, you're going to get looks. But the deep, you know, the the coaching staff for the other team is making some sort of adjust, not adjustment, but basically judgment call, saying we're going to let certain players shoot and you know like Tim Hardaway got a lot of open looks tonight and I can't help but think that that was partially partially by you know the the coaching staff of the jazz saying we're going to see if Tim can beat us
4: yeah I, I don't I mean I was counting it I swear he missed like he did. five in a row <laughs> all wide open. yeah he definitely did golly I, I don't know I yeah, they're stuck with them. It's just like, that's like these guys that are pretty much that prototype of player. and Like, if you look around the league, like, there's like over half of the league that's pretty much stuck with that guy. All right. It's just like, you see people on the timeline talking about, who in the hell is thinking that OG is worth three first round picks? And I'm trying to explain them. I'm like, no, 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 no. When they're telling you that they got offered three first-round picks, that means that the matching salary is one of these guys that we're talking about that you got to give a first-round pick to get out of. Sure. Like, I – because I I believe it is the Knicks we're talking about being interested. I could definitely see them trying to offer a package – of Evan Fournier and three first rounders. And that's so. That's why he's. They're talking about he's getting those kind
2: of offers. Oh sure, people do weird yeah. stuff. I mean, the you know, I don't, I don't dis, like for for full disclosure for anybody that doesn't know, I don't discuss, I don't report stuff because I am not a reporter. I hear things a lot. And some of the things that I've heard, like frameworks of various things that the Mavericks have either pitched or have discussed with other teams, things get weird and people don't really get serious until about five days before the deadline. That's why, you know, the Lakers going ahead and making this trade for, um, for, uh, for Jabari Parker, uh, excuse me, Rui Hachimura um, is, was interesting. So it's like them moving early, but Rui is not good. And, the three second rounders basically means the Lakers gave up some assets that they don't have those assets anymore. They're going to have to resign Rui. And so it's like, they just made that judgment call and, and, yeah, and the Mavericks. Exactly. You know, he's he's not, he's
4: not that. He's and like, you, like I, he's okay. Right. But I've seen people complaining about not, uh, not getting them with our cap situation, the way it is. Do you really, Really want to make the the discuss the decision of having to pay this dude, yeah. In the summer, I don't. That will probably that might is probably going to have you like five surprise twenty point games, and then make you think about. And that's why you end up with all these guys on on bad contracts like this, you know, because you're stuck with decision of. Okay, do we pay him or do we let them walk? Yeah, fuck. that's what we trade capital, and like
2: that—that's the real bear of of rookie contracts. You just have to make this judgment call time and again, and particularly once you get up to like the superstar level. The fact that, like, like Luka Doncic and Trey um, sure. and Trey sure. make the same amount of money, more or less, uh, from b- because of like the All NBA stuff, when sure. they're two wildly different players on two wildly different tiers. It, it can just show you how really difficult it is to team build. And like, I'm just glad the Mavericks didn't get put in that particular, you know, position. Now I'm saying that as their books are a mess.
4: Look <laughs> at that. Phoenix. Yeah. Look at that phoenix right. position right now. How are they looking at them? Actually? Cause I don't know if somebody's actually paying 30 million for that dude now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe somebody will sign up for it. I don't see it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Well, you got anything else for us tonight? Um,
4: no, man. Hey, good game, Bob. Nice fight. You're down your two best players. Stuff happens.
2: I I, I mean,
4: Golden Golden State won 15 games when they was down their two best players. So, you know, stuff happens. All
2: right, man. Thanks for joining us. All right. Have a good one. Okay, coming up next. Let's go, Ruben. What you got tonight? You said you didn't watch the game in the chat. But you still wanted to hang out with us. So, uh, what are you thinking
5: tonight? Oh man, yeah, I was uh busy moving a new couch in, thank God. And I was dead tired and starting to entertain people. But um just looking at the stats, um and just looking at the other games, it looks like the everybody, you know, close to us lost tonight. So that's that's pretty good. Pells lost. Um I feel like Lakers lost and you kind of were excited about that. And there was another team that lost that was close to us. I'm
2: not, the Lakers stuff just just makes me laugh because it's like, I get that it would have been, I don't know, like LeBron whinging whinging makes me laugh.
5: Yeah. And in the Kings lost, that's super good. Um, But yeah, I, I didn't get to watch the game, but just a question like why, you know, we have a open roster spot still why haven't they just brought up like maybe a, a another center from like maybe G League or somebody on the street just to help Powell out if they're not going to play McGee? Very good. Question. Why do you think that?
2: So the answer there has to do with the fact that I think they are wanting to keep it open until the trade deadline passes. They they don't want to have to sign someone and then cut that person immediately and then eat the money since they're in the tax already. Uh, I, I they are work you know they're trying to do something. Trade wise, and they want to have that open roster spot in case they need to do a two for one. So that's that's what they're thinking.
5: Okay, all right. So it's a good question. uh, I guess that makes sense. I guess you know Mark Cuban is a little bit cheap on that side. Well, I I mean,
2: when when you're in salary tax, it becomes a multiplying fact. So it's like. I I on the one hand I do get the sort of cheap criticisms cuz it's not our money. On the other hand, if you had the opportunity to pay somebody for like a 10-day contract, I I have no idea what the dollar amount is. But let's say that you, it let's just say it's 400 bucks and then there's a 3x multiplier, which means if you cut that person, you're actually having to pay the four hundred bucks to the person and then an extra eight hundred dollars to the league. Like that just I get why someone wouldn't want to do
5: that. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense GM wise. And just um just listening to I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I did listen to um uh Tim Cato and that uh seventy seven minutes. He made they made a lot of sense. Um and what they do that, I didn't listen. Uh uh they just said like Um, plan powder. I feel like they felt like the new plan powder is having all our picks available. But at even when we do have our picks available, if we don't, you know, end up trading any of them this trade deadline, we still don't have more assets than other teams. Sure. And and I thought about it, and I was like, well, damn, that does make a lot of sense. Like if you, and it kind of made me think if we can get a, and I, you know, to this point. I, I hope we don't have to trade picks to get a good player, but I know everybody knows that to get a, um, you know, maybe an all-star level or a potential all-star level player, you will have to give up picks these days, but waiting, you know, I don't know, next year, two years down the line, when even, you know, Jazz have more picks than you, first rounders, sure. OKC will still have more picks than you, Um and and it's just it made a lot of sense and i just wanted to get your take on it like say and i i'm kind of getting to the page to where you know so what we do trade picks and i hope you know i i like christian wood and i see like not having him on the court um in these last couple games is a big miss um either way if we have to include him or you know can re-sign him but still give picks up to get a great player in here. I think I'm down with it, Um, but I just wanted your thoughts on, uh, you know, oh, let's save our picks is the new plan, uh, powder-wise.
2: I mean, getting your ducks in a row to be able to do anything else has been sort of my assumption on what Dallas would do for the entire season. I I think anything, you know, anybody that's on the market right now is too short-sighted. It doesn't move the needle. I mean, Dallas is not a good team. Neither is the rest of the West. So why would you want to give up any assets to really do something that might bump you from like a seven to a five or a four seed? Does that push you to a title? Are, are the Mavericks good enough to beat any of the teams in the West? I, I do sort of buy that argument that, yes, they could. But the East, I, I really don't see it. So I, I think getting your ducks in a row is good. Is is the sound strategy, even though it might drive all of us crazy. In terms of like whether you know that's the new thing to do, I don't know. I, I will say that, that what this you know asset management is not a year-to-year thing. and Mark Cuban has lived in the short term since 2011, where you move on from Dirk, you know when we signed Harrison Barnes, I remember this. it was July of 2016. I lost my mind. Like I delete, I deleted all these tweets, but like I lost my mind at that because Harrison Barnes was not a max level player, but the Mavericks had nothing. They had no choice. And when you do the chronic mismanagement of assets, because this doesn't just happen over one or two years, it happens over five to 10. I mean, not signing anybody to a second contract for as long as the Mavericks did is bound to catch up with you. You know, the Warriors, not to get off too, on too much of a tangent, but the reason the Warriors' salary cap is so high is because they've signed everyone they drafted. That is good management.
5: Draft That's matters. That's what I was thinking. Yes. It's like if you do keep the picks, I'm hopeful that they're smart enough to, um, if they do want to stay, you know, playoff. Ele- if, if you trade Christian Wood and don't get a good player back and you're just trading them for pieces we have we already have pieces we had pieces for the first 3 years of Lucas career i would rather them resign um resign Christian um if a good trade comes up you know hey go for it but keep your picks but with the mavs keeping picks i hope they use them to draft cuz realistically if you know just looking at the terrain it looks like SGA may be coming up on a contract, maybe OG, um, it may be some other players, but other teams can still outbid you if you get what I'm saying. You I would do. have to, you would have to, like literally, even you need if you a do player have to your say pitch, that I want
2: to come to Dallas, that's what it would take.
5: Yeah, that that's basically no. it. You would have to. You would have to save, yeah, save those picks. I would say, you know, draft. You know, the, that last draft, Hardy is a is a great piece. Josh Green is a great piece. They're fine. Get your picks. Pick. Get your they're fine. Get your ducks in a row. Resign Christian Wood. He can hold the ship. You That's know, steady. Shit, um, uh, trade thj yeah. or Reggie or whatever. Keep your picks. Unless I would say let's draft. Let's draft. Let's not you know you like giving up even if you do give up picks for OG or yeah. say S well I, i'm not going to say SGA it would take way too many picks yeah, he's, he he um, signed an
2: extension this summer
5: and and um, the, Miles Turner just dollars. signed an extension well if, ex- if exactly
2: correctly points out that Luka doesn't have the patience for that and i remember there was something ESPN did it, where they like listed out all the players who were drafted in positions where lebron for the picks that LeBron and LeBron's teams traded and you, and it wasn't like a (laughs) sterling list. It was, it's a, it's a pretty good argument for trading picks. I will just say that like the Mavericks had, you know, they, they, they gambled that KP was going to bump them ahead and it didn't work. You know, this happened with, um, in a much worse way with new Orleans which is why like it never worked out well for Anthony Davis there it didn't really work well for LeBron way back when it's team building is just really difficult and you know the the Mavericks just don't have a lot of path but you know we'll see that's why I I sort of these these next 10 games are going to be very interesting because if things really go sideways Dallas I don't want to say they need to tank because they're never going to tank that's not what I mean but if things go sideways for the Mavericks, they're going to have to consider something different. Uh, but I also just don't think things are going to go badly for them. I, I think they, I think they'll figure out a way, and they're going to be this annoying, pesky team in the playoffs.
5: And and what you just said, like that KP swing, it took that last regime. Donnie had years. I feel like he never really. If I could be wrong, but I feel like. We never really took a huge, humongous swing as we did with the KP. No, no, I could be wrong.
2: That was the last one. But, you know, it's it's also, you know, one of the things that I think is going to have to come, there's going to have to be a little bit of a reckoning. And I've been kind of broaching this topic more and more often. Luca talks about how he's a difficult guy to play with. He's he's mentioned that. I also suspect that means Luca Doncic is just a difficult man to coach. And one of the things that that Cuban really likes to tout is like the aspect of being a Dallas Maverick for life. He loves bringing back vets into, you know, coaching roles and having people around. He wants people to feel welcome to come back to the organization. I think that's an admirable trait, but when winning year to year, if you've ever had a difficult patch through with a coworker, you know, sometimes you just can't work with people anymore, even if you like them. So, there, there needs to be, in my, in my opinion, less of an emphasis on the like. Oh, well, I got to make sure Jason Kidd and such and such are here for years. No, you want to maximize this year as best as possible, and then move on to next. Like, it, it, that, that's just. I'm, I'm kind of rambling at this point. Yeah. Cause it's 11:45 yeah. at night, but that, that's just something yeah. I've been thinking about.
5: Yeah, yeah, and and I understand, like, but I I I, I look at Luca, Luca, you know. He he does everything right, but you know, but I look also at look at Dame Lillard, look at Bradley Bill, look at Steph Curry, look at um, there's some other players I could think of. They have not left that team that drafted them. I don't know why I would have left Portland. I would have left I definitely would have left Washington for but the money talks, money talks, and sure. Luca knows he it it would be a waste of time in the NBA if he didn't capitalize. I know he wants I just I just want to say we can pay him the most at any time. But me saying that it we let Donnie have years and years with Dirk. Yeah. We let Donnie have a year with Luca and he, his last swing was the KP. Yeah. We just got this regime going. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't cash out to. Or it's like we. Oh, I not feel the like front office. Di-
2: no, they they need mm-hmm. to have some some bites at the apple, some chances to do something. Right, yeah, yeah. right.
5: That's what. I'm, that's all. I'm, that's all I would say. Let's. I want to give them bites at the apple. If we let Donnie have it, damn near since Mark owned the team, and I just want more time, and I just want. I, I'm patient. I know Luca. As long as Luca's gonna get us to a playoff, to the playoffs, regardless. Like he's that good a player. Like we won't be outside the playoffs if he, like ever, ever. Yeah. I'm just saying that right now yeah. that, but I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to make a big, a big swing when I just sat down at the, uh the well, blackjack I mean, table, well, you I, know, so the, that the Mavericks
2: haven't had the opportunity to do that. That's why, that's right. why Cato and them S- since KP. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you for hanging out with us, my friend.
5: But that, That's all I had to yeah. say, but I just hope our, you know, the team and the fans can be patient and I don't want to cash out too early because um, I would rather um, take swings. As long as we have a first round draft pick, I i feel good about this team. That's, that's all I really wanted to say.
2: Appreciate you hanging out, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Yeah, we've gone 40 something minutes now. Um... And then we didn't really have anything to talk about. We've gone 40 minutes. Krishna, what's up, guy? How are you? I'm good. What's going on tonight? You can hear me? I can.
6: Not much. I didn't get to see this game, but yeah, it's been tough. We've been busy with a few other things, but you didn't miss much. I'm glad at least Spencer is doing okay. Yeah. (laughs) I, I didn't feel like I missed much. I know, like, it's still kind of shocking that Utah are this good, but really I give a lot of credit to Will Hardy. He seems like a really good coach, honestly. Yeah, he, he,
2: he, he does. He um, is a good coach.
6: Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people, even I was kind of like, yeah, really, you're going to hire this guy? Like, it, it just felt like, a, oh, Danny Ainge is just going to Boston and picking a Boston guy. But, uh, hey, Will Hardy is a good coach. Like, he's clearly done a really good job making use of what's up you know, we look at the Maz roster and we say it's a mishmash. I mean, that Utah Jazz's roster is literally just random players from random places, and he's done a good job, so I give him credit. But it, it, it's still tough looking at looking at these games and losing them because, it, you know, I think Josh mentioned it before the Phoenix game, but that thirteen and thirteen record before everyone's healthy is just going to be it's going to be
2: killer. Well, the the Phoenix win, massed like had we lost to Phoenix and you lose tonight, the Mavericks would be like 11th or 12th in the West. <laughs> like,
6: I mean, they're 10th right now, so it's not much better, but yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: So, I, I
6: mean, yeah, I, kind of going off of what the last caller said, the yeah, 77 minutes they were talking about because Austin put up that tweet that I'm sure is going around. I love Austin.
2: And, He's so full of shit. He is such a homer. He is such a homer. <laughs> He's my guy and he used to work but, for my site. So me saying that is all love. But he's all his trades were that, awful. It's like what if what if the Mavericks traded good players for bad or what if the Mavericks traded bad players for good players? Well, so, yeah. Some
6: Lakers <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's like well now not, one of those trades is not right. even possible. Like Miles Turner is just not gonna get traded. And I, I'm also very confused because like the thing is, while I think Fred VanVleet's an okay player, if the Mavericks trade for Fred Van Vliet, that's an admission from Mavericks ownership. Really it's Maverick's ownership because it's not really the front office. Admitting that not signing Jalen Brunson was a mistake, yep. which everyone knows it's a mistake at this point. Like there's just no hiding it. It's a mistake. And you're signing someone who like not to dunk on Fred Van Vliet, but he's he's a much worse offensive player than J- Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's offensive regimen is a lot better, especially when you consider the post, maybe not the three-point shooting. But Brunson is also, I want to say, like four years younger, uh, which is a large difference. And also Van Vliet is going to be, have his player option, which if you look at reports, he wants a Tyler Hero contract, which For a guy at 29, that's insane. I just, like, I worry
2: about him, not because I think he's bad, but because I think small guards have a tendency to age like bananas on the countertop, and.
6: Yeah, I mean, kind of the exception is Kyle Lowry, and. And look at
2: him this year. Like, the are like, oh, no, oh, no. How can we get rid of him?
6: Yeah, because now the guy is, like, 37, and that's the exception. Chris Paul,
2: you know, like, yeah, there's there's some, and, and it's not to say someone can't do it, and it's just a risk. Like, would you want to put Luca on a timeline with a guy like that? And the answer is no.
6: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, like, Br- Brunson is better than Fred at this point, right? Like, at yep. this moment, he is a lot better than Fred. Just not purely also from a production standpoint, but, like, age is always a factor, right? Like, you just want people who are younger – um, even if technically their production is lower just because you have more of an opportunity to improve them. So to me, that doesn't make sense. And even like the trade Austin suggested didn't make sense. Like, I, I don't know why you would give up Hardy for, for Fred Bingley and the first, but that being aside, I understood their point in that podcast was kind of like, you know, okay, suppose this off season, right? The team goes after OG and OB. If you're the That's- Thunder, why not you, why don't you just immediately go after OG2, right? Because I think the Thunder are closer to contention than the Mavericks actually are. Um, While you can argue that, yes, Luca, I think, is ahead of SGA, the cast that surrounds SGA is infinitely better than I think what the Mavericks have right now. And Chet coming back, yes, Chet, you know, the injury is a serious injury, but Chet is also a high-level player in terms of his potential. They're going to have more picks, and even if they trade picks, they still have other picks, and I think that's what makes it lethal is not only do they have picks from a team like the Clippers who could be really bad in the future and their own picks, but you know they just have young talent, and so the Mavericks are never going to be able to, like you say, compete in a trade with any other team unless a player says, I want to come here, and yep. you know we talked about earlier – the kind of only player that's ever expressed wanting to come to the Mavericks has just signed a contract extension. So it, it like you say, it's hard to really see where this team goes and it, it, it's tough. I do. I I don't necessarily completely agree on the point that first round picks, like it's keeping your powder dry. It's like, it, it's really dependent on what this team does. Like I think you have to have a plan in place at this point, like it's too late to get to this point in the season and not really know what you're doing. Like you cannot be wishy-washy. You have to be decisive. Like if you're, if you're going to trade Christian Wood, you look at it now, like you, you cannot yeah. wait any longer. You cannot think, okay, we're just going to resign him in the offseason. Yeah,
2: like, I, I think they move him. I just do. Yeah. And,
6: yeah. and I, you can't be indecisive at all at this point. Like be I would rather the team be decisive and make decisions than make decisions past mistakes because I feel like a lot of what's happened in recent seasons is that, yeah, and they didn't have a plan last year, right? Like they just were like, oh, I guess we can trade Brunson, but then they didn't really look into it. It felt like it felt very bad. I mean,
2: when Brunson's making $1.5 million a year, there's not a ton of – that's why it's stupid to not sign him to the extension.
6: It's it's tough because I think it's stupid to not sign – it's not stupid to not sign him to the extension at the beginning of the year, but it's stupid to not sign him to the extension in like November. Right, like part way, part way right. into that season, it makes sense. Like, well, all this to weird, the, the, the,
2: the conversation around Brunson started to piss me off nationally because it's like, well, he just didn't get enough shine under Luca, and it's like, who didn't start him? He had to force his way into the lineup, and that is not just on Carlisle; that's also on Jason Kidd. Like, this is a it's a it's a dumb shit conversation. I do need to make this comment before I forget about it. And it's my show, and I'm gonna bogart you for a second. Someone, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I saw one tweet that referred to OG Ananobi as a uh, famous Dorian Finney-Smith, and i have been <laughs> fucking laughing at it for two days. Like it's not even remotely fair. Like Dorian Dorian makes or scores look, eight I, points and grabs four rebounds. Like OG Ananobi or, uh, d- it does does like seventeen points look, and eight boards. Like it's not even remotely. I mean, it just made me laugh.
6: I mean, like, I love Dorian. Dorian is a good defender, but OG NOV is an all defensive
2: Yeah, I still wouldn't give all three picks for a guy for 17 and 8. They can kiss my ass. No, yeah.
6: I think, yeah, I I just don't. If it's Pascal Siakam, I would consider it. I think the thing, the only reason you would do it for OG, and like, it's kind of like if you're on the SJ train of this, is like, if you believe OG is somehow going to really develop his offensive repertoire, which I'm not going to sit here and say it's impossible. I just think it's going to be really difficult. Especially like it, it's not like OG's 22, 23, He's twenty five, sure. which it's yeah. not like. It, I'm not going to see her say it's impossible. I think Brett says Matt's, they're going
2: to get the Aaron Gordon package. I think that's right. Like it, some team's going to hold out long enough, and it's just the the pick the pick bonanza. Is they, not... What did the no? But I, the Nuggets gave the Nuggets did
6: not give up a lot for Aaron Gordon. They gave up like Gary Harris, and I feel like a first, the, which well, the, I the, think
2: the. The picks economy—it's like the housing bubble. It's like it's—it has burst. I just don't think everyone's realized it yet. Like you're not going to get a ton of picks for even a really great player because there aren't that many to go round. You go look at who owns what, and the fucking Thunder owns so many picks, and the Jazz are right there with them. And it's like you know, Memphis could make a trade, but Memphis is—is you know, Memphis is still in the "we think we're hot shit" category, and it's going to take a suffering playoff suffering a playoff embarrassment for them to do anything
6: yeah i don't think i think memphis is an exception i think even if they do that i think they're more likely to be a team where they're like eh, we're not going to really take it seriously we're just going to draft again um yeah. that's kind of what i feel like it's because even even if you look at their old um because i know hollinger obviously would have been the gm at the time but that seems to be kind of their mentality is even what they have You know, they need to have resetting moments. They don't necessarily do it through trade. They're not a very big trading team. They'll trade away assets and players like they did that this offseason. They traded away Melton. They don't really trade for players, Uh, which is why I never really consider them serious. Like, hey, this player is available. Are the Grizzlies going to trade for them? Like, I just, I don't think the Grizzlies are ever going to be that kind of team. I do think the Thunder are more realistic to that. Now, the question with the Thunder is just, how long are they going to wait it out? I think, yeah. I think next season they still wait it out. I think they're going to obviously have more picks, but then also they'll get checked back, and they'll probably then evaluate like,
2: yeah, they're okay, going to be good next year. They're yeah, gonna be like I, actually good next year.
6: And they're already pretty yeah. good. Like Shay, I, I think I I voted Shea for All Star yeah. starter. I thought he was deserving of it. I mean, I know that might be unpopular. No, I agree. Like
2: I can t- games played has is matters for me for All Star.
6: Games played, he's also averaging 30. Yep. Like, that's it, it, it. It's easy to look at the league now and say, oh, scoring is easy. But to average 30, especially at his age, like we, we take it for granted with Luca, but like these guys are really young and to average 30 with that many games played. And you can say, oh, but like who else is going to score on that team? Well, yeah, you can be on a bad team, but you still have to score. You still have to put up the points. You still have the like, other guys are going to play defense. Like, it's not like you're just putting up 30. And the other team is letting you do it. Um, the guy's still really good, and they win games with him. Like I don't think they're like they're they're twenty four twenty five, which is not a great record. But obviously, like they're not going to win some of those games if it's not for shade. So I think next year, to me personally, what I think might happen is they use next year as another evaluation year of more young talent, and then the year after, I think they take it seriously. I think that's when they kind of go all in. They start trading players and young players, and they try to get more serious assets. Well- I think.
2: You know what I really look forward to is that this podcast being like immediately obsolete when something weird happens on Sunday or Monday um, in terms of all of our trade meandering. You got anything else? Because I did not realize it was midnight and I should go to sleep.
6: No, not much. It'll be interesting to see what this deadline is. I mean, I think the mouse will do a trade. I'll be interested to see what kind of trade it is kind of I don't want to repeat myself I hope it's someone young I don't want us to trade for anyone close to 27 um or even 20 like 28 or above cuz this team just needs to get really young or, well,
2: Don't don't forget but, about Frank uh, Nelkina. he's still gosh, please uh. please
6: god I like my thing is like I'm not one to hate on players specifically because of their situations but like I, it frustrates me to no end when it's like things like that where it's like don't Forget about Frank. It's like Frank has played six years in the league. He's not really going to change. And like, I feel bad because it's not Frank's fault, but That's right. it is what it is. All, All right, right, man. Thanks night. for
2: hanging out. Thanks. All right, guys. Um, I don't got anything else interesting. This is like we're at kind of the the calm before the storm, the kind of the quiet part. I I don't know what to expect. Uh, the next, you know, we got how many business days? So tomorrow's 29th. The trade deadline is the week from Thursday. So you got so tomorrow's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Th- you got like 11-ish days till trade deadline, and every day is just going to get weirder. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, Luca's listed as day-to-day still, so he might play Monday against the Detroit Pistons. If Dallas loses to Detroit, then, then they really need to have a, an honest-to-goodness conversation about the purpose of this season because the, the the schedule gets much more difficult after that game. All right, guys, been Kirk Henderson, Mavs Moneyballs Group Therapy. Thanks so much for hanging out, and we will talk soon. Bye, guys.
4: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.